Hello and welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life podcast. My name is Jim Duke and I'm the pastor of Olmstead Baptist Church in Olmstead, Kentucky. I'm thankful you're listening and pray it will be blessing and help to you. Our subject for today is that of humility. And my thinking on this is this is the beginning of a series of messages that will connect. Uh, hard to deal with the subject all at one time and I want to be exhaustive about it uh, as seems appropriate uh, for the time. Uh, I want us to look at, at this podcast, consider about humility, the subject of humility, and where we're heading to is how that is connected to submission, and, uh, and then how that is connected to ultimately repentance. All, all of these of humility and submission and repentance, they're, they're, they're things that are are certainly needed uh, by mankind, and they all lay in there together and are certainly connected. And uh, humility is a, is a subject that it's often we we kind of jokingly talk about the, about dealing with the subject of humility that in our frame and our makeup uh, as mankind, our natural state, that even in dealing with humility, we would find ourselves to be proud. But I think a situation such as we have now with the, the virus at hand and, and the big change, the great change in our life uh, that it has brought, yeah, I think it's a good time for us to deal with the subject of humility and know that no, none of us are, are the prime and ultimate example of humility. Uh, many do understand and exercise humility uh, from a, a godly standpoint, which is a blessing indeed. We all... Uh, need to strive for that and to pursue that. And of course, the, the greatest example of humility is that of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, when he became a man and the life that he lived upon this earth um, some nearly 2,000 years ago. And so let, let's begin here in Matthew chapter 18, where our Lord Jesus is once again brought a little child uh, into the midst of uh, of, of him there before him and his disciples. And he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse number 4, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so the Lord tells us about the economy in the kingdom of heaven and what he values. And I think that that's very important for us to understand about this subject of humility is the perspective of the Lord and what he values. The Lord says uh, humility uh, that is exercised and born by a person uh, that is like the little child that he set before him. He says that one is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And when we think about a child, uh, a very young child, uh, a very young child is dependent upon all that are around them. Uh, their power and their strength is very very little. They have no ability to, uh, the youngest of children have no ability whatsoever to care for themselves. Uh, they are not able to uh, wash themselves well. We have to help them go to the bathroom. They are greatly dependent in every respect. Uh, yes, maybe they can take food and place it in their mouths, but they, they find it very, very difficult, impossible to prepare food uh, for themselves. Uh, their knowledge and the things and just the operation of the world is very, very little. And, and they, as a child, it's just the place of a child, as we would say, uh, speaking as a man, they have very little common sense. And it's not to say uh, that they are, there's something wrong with them. It's just where, they, where it is with being a child. A child has great necessity to learn. Uh, a, a child is dependent on others that on their parents and the design of the Lord to uh, teach them how to talk. Um, a child doesn't know the directions, and as our children are little, and they would ride with us in vehicles and go to different places, and, and some, just in the way that they're made, they find it very difficult to know where they are, and then we marvel at those that are gifted to understand uh, where they are, but as a whole, children, they don't know how to get around. They don't know how to go anywhere uh, for a great distance. And so this speaks about the humility. Uh, a child looks to the elder, to the older, to the adult uh, for help 
in everything. Uh, a child uncorrupted by mankind uh, looks to uh, every adult that every adult would tell them the truth because that's what they expect is that they'll be told the things that are right and not those things that are wrong or wicked. And so the Lord says that we need to humble ourselves like a little child. And, and in the child, we see the powerlessness of the child. We, we see the ignorance, and not that, that this ignorance is, is a bad thing or a sinister thing. It's just where they're at and learning, they need to learn. A child is very weak. Um, they have life, and, and, and they're so precious and tender uh, but they're very weak and very susceptible also. And so uh, the Lord likens the humility that you and I need to have as like a little child. Uh, the Lord Jesus says, uh, come over here in the midst, and he sets him down. And you know what the little child did? He just obeyed. Uh, he came to the Lord. He allowed the Lord to pick him up, and he, and the Lord and uh, his compassion and tenderness set him there in the midst and then begins to teach us. He says, the humility of a child is the humility that we need to have, and such that have such is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we want to look at this subject of humility from a biblical standpoint. Uh, there's many ideas that people have, and we can it's our subject to have uh, about humility, but the, 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 the understanding of humility, as it is with any subject, is going to come from the Word of God. And, uh, and so biblical uh, scriptural humility is certainly what we're interested in. First, we want to take a look at here, and there's a, just a, a litany of passages here that speaks about humility is of great value before God and comes before honor. Humility is of a great value before God and comes before honor. In Psalm 9, verses 10 through 12, Psalm 9, verses 10 through 12, and they, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, speaking of the saints. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. And so we see here about... Uh, much about how it's to be with the children of God, our praise to Him, our looking to Him and to none other, our witness of Him amongst the people. And when the Lord comes for judgment, um, He will remember His children and His people. And it says there, He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Uh, the Lord hears the cry of the humble. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, in this subject, I would be tempted to say the truly humble, uh, as if there's a not true humility and a true humility. There, there is a faking uh, humility, and which we'll see about in the scripture, a feigned humility that mankind is subject to, a uh, feigned piety, uh, they're connected, they seem. And, uh, but, but that is not humility. It's, it's uh, promoted and put forth as humility, but it's not humility. Humility is humility that the Lord tells us about. And, and the Lord's people uh, are to be a humble people. And hear what it says, He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Uh, the humble before the Lord are heard by Him. Psalm 10, verse 12. Psalm 10 verse number 12 uh, the scripture here says arise O Lord O God lift up thine hand forget not the humble and so that's the, the declaration and the cry of the psalmist verse 17 of the same chapter Lord thou hast heard the desire of the humble thou will prepare their heart that will cause thine ear to hear and so here the uh the, the psalmist uh, says, lift up your hand and forget not the humble Lord. Oh, he's pleading unto the Lord and crying unto the Lord to, uh, about the desire that they have and that he will prepare their heart. The humble before the Lord are subject to him and looking to him. That will cause thine ear to hear, to hear uh, the humble. Psalm 34, verse number 2, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof 
and be glad. And so uh, the boasting, uh, the rejoicing and blessing and glorifying the Lord as we've seen recently, uh, that is the desire and the work of the child of God. The humble shall hear thereof. They'll hear about such praise, the humble will, and they'll be glad and rejoice in it. Psalm 69, verse 32, The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart uh, shall live that seek God. And so we see here, uh, uh, The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. Um, the, the blessing and the working of the Lord will be known by the humble. They know that the Lord is working in, in things. The Lord is, has his hand in things. They are humble before the Lord. They know that he is the creator and we are the created. They know that he is God and we are uh, his children and, and the people and creation of his. And those that are humble will see the working of God, be glad in it, and uh, it says here, in your heart uh, shall live that seek God. And so the humble seek the Lord. They rejoice in the Lord, work of the Lord. In Proverbs 15, uh, we see here in verse number 33, Proverbs 15, 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And so the fear, the reverence of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. And so the Lord here gives a gives us understanding about how it is with honor. Many in the world, mankind naturally seeks his own honor. And we see this in the misuse and the working of media today. Not that there's anything wrong with media in and of itself, but, but the, the, the whole thing of mankind is he takes it to gain honor for himself, fame, infamy, all those things. But those that fear the Lord and, and have that instruction of wisdom from the Lord, they know and understand humility is what needs to be first before God, humility before God and amongst men. Uh, that is the case before honor. The Lord will honor uh, the humble. In Proverbs 16, verse 19, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 16, 19. Better is it to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And so we're here we have the, the uh, working of a conqueror. And, and, you know, that's the way it is naturally, again, with mankind. Uh, the mankind is not naturally meek. Mankind wants to dominate uh, naturally. And so uh, that that is... That is the working. But it says, the scripture says in Proverbs here, 16, 19, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly. As God looks on at things, better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to be the proud conqueror to divide the spoil. That's what the Lord honors. That's what the Lord sees and blesses. Proverbs 18, verse 12, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and indeed it is, and before honor is humility. And so honor, honor that comes not from men and not from self, but honor that comes from the Lord is going to be unto the humble. And it says there, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And we've seen that. We've seen that with world leaders. History speaks so much of that unto us about men that went forth to conquer and to dominate people, and their pride was was uh, on display and showing forth, and then they were brought to a terrible, sad end. So many, uh, so many in history uh, see that. But honor is, is, uh, is after humility, and before honor is humility. Proverbs 22.4, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 22.4, By humility and and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. And, and indeed, what greater riches does the child of God, that, what, what greater riches does one have over the child of God? I mean, the true riches, the Lord Jesus tells us, are found in him. 
and honor, honor the Lord. We'll, we'll take the place that the Lord has for us uh, in this life and in eternity. And the thing is, by humility and the fear of the Lord is life. And that's what he's done. He's given eternal life unto his people and to his children. And we are to be a humble people and fear him and reverence him and, and take our place. It's not bad to take our place uh, before the Lord and in this world and life. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 23, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. And so, again, as the scripture said earlier uh, about this of destruction of the, of, of, of the, the heart, before, the, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. A man's pride shall bring him low. And it does. It will. It, it always will. Even, even for the, the dictator, uh, the conqueror, to go out in the height, the height of his gain, if you will, as, as, as we speak in this world. Uh, Alexander the Great, he was, he was riding high and conquering the world. But you know, when he died... He stood there before the Lord, and unless, unless by the mercy and power of God he had been saved, um, um, he, he, he was brought low there before the Lord. He was found wanting, um, and that's what a man's pride shall bring him low. Men will leave, may live prideful in their power, their influence, their wealth, their riches, their, their kingdoms, their their dynasties that they build and then when they die they appear and stand before the Lord naked just them their soul their sin and they are brought low the pride of man does nothing for them uh, in regards to eternity and the true riches indeed a man's pride shall bring him low but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit those humble in spirit submitting to the Lord and the word of the Lord, the Lord in every way, uh, will have the honor that the Lord bestows upon them. Think of this quickly. We are now called and known and are made the sons of God. Those who are saved and have humbled themselves before the Lord and what he has said and what he has told us about ourselves and, and the truth of his word and the spirit. Um, we we are uh, we are uh, uh, we are made humble in that way to see our need of our sin and the and the 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 need of the Savior and the Lord has honored us by adopting us and making us His sons and brought us into His family. So here we see in many verses uh, here in the Old Testament that humility is of great value before God. And comes before honor indeed. So, what is humility? Uh, what is humility? Uh, we would think uh, naturally in this world, we think uh, many would think about humility that it's uh, is it weakness? Um, is humility a cowering a person in spirit? Uh, is it being mousy, small, and oppressed? Uh, uh, is humility is is it a damaged person by how it is with so many that they're beat down and oppressed and 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 made to feel worthless uh, is 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 that humility? Uh, does humility lack courage? Uh, is humility uh, uh, does it lack courage? What is humility? Well, I think we can understand. And as I mentioned earlier, our greatest example of of all attributes of mankind and and uh, and, and the Lord, our, of course, our Lord Jesus. He's the greatest example. And as always, our Lord Jesus is the great example of humility. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. The Lord Jesus Christ, he says here, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and 
my burden is light. He says there in verse number 29 of Matthew 11, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And so humility is, it, it, we, we have this indication here that humility is not an outward thing uh, to start with. Uh, humility is indeed manifested. But the Lord Jesus says about himself, he is meek and lowly in heart. He is humble. When he came as a man, he came uh, in humility. Now listen, uh, did he speak the truth and word of God? He did. Did he look to obey the Father in everything? He did. Uh, what is this about meekness? Is meekness weakness? No, meekness is power under control. Here we have the Creator having become a man. And he, even with the glory that would just naturally uh, shine and radiate forth from him, he he squelched that down, if you will, and, and kept it down. Uh, we see that manifested on the Mount of Transfiguration where he allowed his glory to shine. He, he came meek, power under control, uh, for the purpose and the work that the Father had given him. And he says he's meek, power under control, and lowly in heart. The Lord did not... The Lord did not boast himself. Uh, he didn't come of any reputation. Uh, he, he should have come, he should have come uh, as we would reason it, uh, out of a king's household, being the king of kings and lord of lords. But to come as savior first, it was necessary that he came of the lowest of the low, of the poorest of the poor. Our Lord Jesus never owned any property when he came as a man. Yet he owns it all and created it all. Can, can we see from that what this, this of humility is? The Lord is very able. He's very able to speak. The words that he speaks uh, are life indeed. He, he's the Savior that came uh, to save us from our sins and our iniquity and, and to, to close to, to bridge the gap, the chasm caused by our sin between us and God Almighty. Yet he was no braggart. Yet he exhibited great power in that he healed. He, he, he's the forgiver of sins. The savior of sinners. But he wasn't boastful in any way. Just telling the truth. Our Lord Jesus, he came meek and lowly, uh, in all the attributes that he has, he wasn't a show-off in any way. Yet everything that he is and, and, and has, it, it would be all perfect and right for him to exhibit such. But he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, that he might come and rescue those uh, that are sorrowful and, and live and deal with grief, the great grief of sin and iniquity, and the judgment because of it. And so our Lord Jesus Christ is the great example of humility, meekness, and humility, lowly in heart. He'd impress himself above anyone, not looking to climb, on in the top of, uh, climb up on anyone's back. He told the truth and spake what was right. He revealed the sins of the leadership uh, there in Israel, and they hated him for it. He was a great blessing. Uh, to the people. He, sure, he certainly was, wasn't without power. Uh, this of humility doesn't mean to be without power and the responsibility and the, the uh, place that we have. Uh, be, being humble doesn't mean a uh, lack of being filled with the Word of God by any means or, or not being bold about the truth of the Lord, but uh, being humble certainly means not being mean with it but telling the truth, telling the truth about the need of sinners, just like our Lord Jesus did, for I am meek and lowly in heart. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, his yoke, learn of him, learn about him and how he bore the yoke of our sin and our iniquity, what he did for us, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Uh, there's rest in the Lord Jesus and in his way. He goes on to say, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
what a blessing our Lord Jesus is unto us uh, in every way and at all times. In Zechariah 9, verse 9, a prophecy here about our Lord Jesus Christ given long before the day that he came. It's referring to the triumphant entry uh, into Jerusalem as he rode on the foal of a donkey. It says here in Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. You know, it's uh, in recent times, uh, for the last several years, we've marveled more about the triumphant entry of our Lord Jesus into Jerusalem and all that it means and all that's being dealt with there. I believe there's so, so much uh, that is being conveyed to us in that. It was a very humble thing, a very humiliating thing, really, for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to ride in on such into Jerusalem. But yet it was a glorious thing, too, that the Lord Jesus not in sin, but in compassion and love, does identify with, with, with us. And he came lowly. He came in all humility. He, he, came, he came to save us from our sins and manifested himself into his nation that totally and completely rejected him. You know, the Lord... The Lord, knowing that his nation rejected him, he could, have, he could have spared himself the shame of coming as king uh, like he did here in the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, as we call it, there at the end of his ministry, just days before he gave himself on Calvary, coming to look for the, the, the fruits of his kingdom, which is his, his nation, his king his nation, rather, the fruits of his nation, which they did not honor him with. Uh, he could have spared himself uh, that day and those hours of riding from Bethany and Bethpage on this foal. You know, but he didn't. He, he submitted himself to it because of what he came to do and all that he is. He, he submitted himself totally and completely to the will of the Father, even in this thing, coming as king and lord of his nation and being rejected by such, received by the people and blessed by the people. Oh, they, they cried and shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the, the, the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that, that comes, the, the, uh, the son of David. His humility and manifest humility as he came indeed. And so our Lord Jesus is this great example of humility. You know, Brother Paul speaks of humility in the scriptures. In Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 21, as he's heading towards uh, Jerusalem, uh, heading back to Judea, and uh, he knows that the Lord is, is working, he knows he, he needs to get back to Jerusalem uh, before the... Uh, the Passover, I believe, and um, and so it says. He says here uh, over uh, as he is near Ephesus, not at Ephesus, but at Miletus. Listen to what he says here in Acts twenty verses seventeen through twenty-one. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Paul did, and when they were come to him, he said unto them, "Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, that is Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey." After what manner I've been with you all, all seasons. He said, I've been back and forth, in and out, writing to you, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And that's humility starts uh, within. And he speaks here about humility of mind. Uh, Jesus, as it said about him, he said about himself there in Matthew 11, lowly in heart. Um, under control in the blessings and the gifts that have been given, but esteeming others better than himself, the scripture speaks about. Paul says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears, 
and temptations which befell me by the lying await of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here, Paul gives to the brethren from Ephesus that he meets them there at Miletus on his way to Jerusalem. He says here, I want you to remember the example that I have given and that has been found in me, that I subjected myself to many things. And he's not bragging on himself, but he wants these elders from the church to know this witness and to operate and go forth in the same way. He has served the Lord with all humility of mind, keeping at the forefront, the spear front of his ministry, this witness and testimony to the Jews and to the Greeks, to all men, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord, toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And he kept back nothing that was profitable unto them at Ephesus or any other in Asia Minor or Greece. And... Uh, and, and he suffered the things that he suffered rather than saying this. Have you ever said this? Have you and I ever said this? Well, I don't deserve to put up with this. I just don't deserve to put up with this. Paul, he said he didn't worry about what he had to put up with. He went forward in the calling of the Lord and the word of the Lord and put up with a lot of things. Humility of mind. He could have seen things that were coming that were dangerous or politically damaging or, or uh, things that would be coming up in churches as he wrote to the church at Corinth and say, you know, I'm just not going to go there and deal with the strife that this is going to cause. I, I'm not going to write that letter and get those brethren stirred up at me about the things that I need to speak to them about. No, he served the Lord with all humility of mind. He put himself last and put the ministry, the Lord, the ministry, and the people first. And understand the ministry is not the man's ministry and what he accomplishes for himself, but the godly, the, the God-sent ministry is the ministering among the people and what the sheep need and what the wayward need. And so Paul speaks of humility here. Paul also speaks in Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 through 23, of false humility. And let's say we can get an idea here about false humility, and we're subject to it. It's natural for man to have false humility, false piety, uh, a, 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 a fashion of godliness but denying the power thereof. These things, I think, are, are somewhat linked and connected. And, uh, and so listen to what he says here in Colossians 2, verses 18 through 23. Let no man beguile you. That means trick you. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a, voluntarily, in, in, in a voluntary humility. So there's a voluntary humility, a voluntary piety. It's speaking about the outward. Listen to what he says. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And so here, here we see the proud. We see the willful. We see the self-wise. We see uh, those that operate uh, politically and and, and, and do things to gain station and position, that want control over people, all kinds of different things that, that people will do. He says, don't be tricked. Don't be tricked of your reward from God in a voluntary humility, a one that is feigned and put on that makes sense to men, and worshiping of angels. That, that's what these there uh, at Colossae, uh, were were tempted with and these angel worshipers they they they're showing themselves to have a religion uh, they they show themselves to to be uh, or putting forth to be a spiritual but he says they're intruding into those things which they have not seen they don't know they're vainly puffed up by their own fleshly mind and listen listen to what's going on 
a voluntary humility that says in verse number 19, and not holding the head, capital H, that's Jesus Christ. See, not, not reverencing the Lord Jesus and God Almighty, but they've, they've got their own thinking of religion in, the, in a religious way. And not, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and, by, and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increase with the increase of God. Here's the things that they are vainly puffed up about and, and intruding into things that they don't know about in verse number 19. They just don't get this. They don't get Jesus being the head of the church. They, they, don't, they don't understand about the knitting together that the Lord has worked in his church. He said, don't be tricked by these. Voluntary humility, uh, they show forth piety and, and a religion, but they know nothing of the word of God. Verse 20, wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye, are ye subject to ordinances? Here's a sub-thought or a connected thought, just underlying, side note, touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men. And so that's a, that's a question. He said, if you've been dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why are you looking to be tangled up with the commandments and doctrines of men? We need to be tied up. We need to be of a true, a, a right humility, a godly humility, that we are subject to the commandments and doctrines of our Lord, not of men. Not of men. And I think the reference here is, is about uh, the, uh, the ceremonial law given unto the Jews, that those in Galatia, the churches in Galatia, had been dabbling with and becoming subject to again. They want to mix Christ with the law from the standpoint of the sacrificial and ceremonial. And the Messianic uh, people that we know of that uh, say that they were saved and Baptist and went to Messianic Judaism and such as that, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, we're not Jews. Uh, it's not for us. We've been given this New Testament way, which is uh, the, the way of the, 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 in the time of the Gentiles and, and in the age of the church. Uh, it's, we're not called to keep those high days of, the, of Judaism and, and to those, those ordinances and those practices of that. We've been given our Lord Jesus Christ, the commission in his church, the doctrine in his church, the doctrine for life. And he said, there's this voluntary humility that you need to watch out, not be tricked by that. He goes on to say, he says, uh, if you be dead with Christ, verse 20, from the rudiments of the world, why do you want to be brought under the commandments and doctrines of men? Verse 23, which things have, in, have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. And so he says, yeah, they, they show forth some things about denying the body and not satisfying the flesh and all that. But in the way and what they're doing to what they're pursuing, they forgot about Christ. They forgot about the doctrine and the commandments of the Lord unto us as his children and as, as uh, his churches. And so uh, a voluntary humility, a false humility, Brother Paul speaks about. Next, we want to see what Brother Peter says about humility in 1 Peter 5, verse 5. A humility is to be the covering of a, of a child of God's life. Humility is to be the covering of a child of God's life. 1 Peter 5, 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. It's... Uh, it's a difficult thing for us in this flesh because we think the way that we have and what we think is what goes. But what we need to follow in and walk in is what our Lord says that goes. And we need to prefer one before the other. And we need to consider and be like our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We need to remember what he says about the greatest in the kingdom is the one that humbleth himself as that little child. We are totally dependent upon him. And it needs to be that as we in the churches submit ourselves one to another, we need to be clothed with humility. And remember this. Here, here's another point of clarity about this. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. The humble receive the graciousness of the Lord, the help and blessing of the Lord. God resisteth the proud whether it be the proud of the unsaved or it be the proud of his own children, God resisteth the proud. I remember years ago there was bumper stickers, and it may have happened after 9-11, which was a terrible thing that happened to our country. It, it was a terrible thing, and, and it, it remains a, 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 a mark uh, of terrorism and assault upon our country here on our home ground. But there were bumper stickers that came out and it said, uh, it just says, the power of pride. And you know, the power of pride is not a thing to be proud of. Because pride is not good. Pride is not good. And, and we, we say that we're proud of our children and we're proud of accomplishment and things like that. And you know, the, the way to hold that in a right place is, is thankful. We're, we're thankful for the accomplishment. And I think that we can even use that word and let that understanding be it. Not, not proud thinking that that's just it and, and that's the end all and that's the greatest and, and we've got there or our child got there by their own merits, but we're thankful. We're thankful for their pursuit, for the application of themselves to a, a thing, a project, and we're thankful for the Lord blessing them to accomplish such. But here, this of outright pride, God resisteth the proud. Anyone that is proud. Are you proud you're a Baptist? Are you proud that you're a child of God? I tell you what, we don't need to be proud. We need to be thankful. We need to be thankful for our, what our Lord has done for us. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Those that humble themselves before the Lord. We, we look to him for everything. We look to him for instruction. We look to him for help. We thank him for everything. And even in the trial of life, that causes us to see that maybe we need to, to work on our humility and be more humble before a him. Uh, he giveth grace. He is gracious in help, in strength, in blessing uh, to uh, the humble. And then uh, there's humility and repentance of the children of God. Humility and repentance uh, of the children of God. A homework passage found in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14. Uh, Saul, uh, Solomon, having dedicated the temple and the Lord hearing his prayer and, uh, and, and those things of the Shekinah glory of the Lord coming down upon the temple, great blessings there. Uh, the Lord appears unto Solomon and, and, and he uh, tells him about uh, when, when the children of Israel would become wayward, if they would repent and turn back, that the Lord would pardon, the Lord would forgive, and ultimately that day will come where the, where the Lord uh, forgives his nation and brings his nation back to himself. And there's a principle here even for us uh, today, but there's humility and repentance by the children of God. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And so here we see in prayer, not, not boasting to God other than boasting of the Lord and what he has done, but not boasting to the Lord about ourselves, uh, but boasting in the Lord about what he's done. If my people which are called by my name, would you claim that? Are you called by the name of the Lord? Are you a child of God? If they shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, not seek their own way, but seek the face of the Lord. Seek the face of the Lord and what he wants done. Seek the face of the Lord and help and the help that we need. And turn from their wicked ways to confess our faults and our sins before the Lord and to turn from them. That's what true repentance is, is to turn from 
to, to acknowledge before God, to tell him that we're guilty, to face up with him with it, and to turn from those wicked things, those secret things even that only we and the Lord know about. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. I think we have an indicator here that a lack of prayer is a lack of humility, isn't it? A lack of going to the Lord for the need at hand, the need for the moment, the need, the constant need of life. We have to be humble to pray and bring our sorrow, bring our guilt, bring our need, bring our praise, bring our worship. We have to be humble to do so. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, we have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, not unto us, but unto you. What do you want? You're the one that's going to have to help us, Lord, if we're going to be helped. We, 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 we have that one that is very sick and very ill, and you're the one that's going to have to work. Father, thank you for your working. Thank you for your provision. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, heart-right prayer requires humility. Heart-right prayer. You know, for us to, to pray well, our hearts have got to be right, and that requires humility. So we see here humility and repentance of the children of God. And then here we see the humility of a leader. And certainly that's needed in our nation. And that's part, a part of what's brought me. Uh, the Lord has used the, the events of our day to bring me to this consideration of this of humility and how it relates to submission and how it relates to repentance. The humility of a leader we, we have this blessing in the scripture in Second Chronicles 34 of Brother Josiah, who was, who was called to be king of, of, of Judah at a very young age. And he began to reign in Jerusalem there, and, and, and he, he sought to seek the Lord. And at 12 years old and 16 years old, he began to make moves to obey the Lord. And, and it tells in that chapter there, in the early part of it, about all the things that he undertook to put away the wickedness, to put away the, the uh, heathenism, to put away the idolatry, to put away the sodomy, to put away the sinfulness and the wicked things and the wicked uh, articles that were there uh, in Jerusalem and the nation and pull down the groves and, and do away with wickedness and iniquity that God had given his judgment about uh, in his word. Josiah sought the face of the Lord. He sought the word of God. When the word of God was brought forth to him in, in clarity and plainness, when it was discovered and found over in, in places where they were cleaning up and it had been abandoned uh, years before him, when it was found and the word of God was read, he obeyed it. And he obeyed it as a leader. And he was humble before the Lord because you know what? He wanted to obey the Lord. He's king, and he says, Lord, what do you want? It goes on in that same chapter in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse number 27. The Lord's speaking uh, to the prophet, or prophetess in this case, I believe, and bringing this word, and this is the word of the Lord unto Josiah. Listen to what it says, the humility of a leader. 2 Chronicles 34, 27, Because thine heart was tender, and thou dost humble thyself before God. How did he do so? He's asking God what to do. He's asking God how to reign. And when the Lord brings him his word, he reads the word of God, it's read to him, and you know what? He listens to it. He obeys the Lord in it. He asks the Lord to help him to obey it and to follow it. And thou didst humble thyself before God when thou heardest his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof. Brother Josiah was found in a place of repentance also. Repentance for the sins of a nation and for kings before him that he did not commit. But he owned them. As king, he, he, he prayed unto the Lord. 
He heard the word of the Lord against the place, the judgment, and he humbled himself before me. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Forgive us of our transgressions. And you know what? And didst rend thy clothes and weep before me. See, he was praying to the Lord. He was going to the Lord for a solution, for help, uh, for understanding, for guidance, for forgiveness. Because thy heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, when thou hearest his words against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. The humility of a leader. We need to pray for the humility of our leaders, don't we? The humility of our president and of our governor and of the leaders of our nation and states. They need to be humble before God. Humble before God and pleading the Lord. I, I'm sad to say that there's just been very little public cry into the Lord for this uh, distress that we find ourselves in. But I tell, tell you what, we need to pray for our leaders that they would be humble before the Lord. And then we see here uh, next that God speaks regarding the requirement of humility before him in the humbling of nations. God speaks regarding the requirement of humility before him, the humbling of nations. In Exodus chapter 10, as the Lord is going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and he's going to make an example out of Egypt and he's going to bring things to pass and he's going to destroy this nation for the sake of birthing his own nation and those things are in the hands of God. But he says here in Exodus chapter 10 verse number 3, Exodus 10 3, and Moses and Aaron came unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, how long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. And so we see here the humbling of nations. The Lord asks, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? He says so unto Pharaoh, unto the leader of Egypt. He says so unto Egypt itself. He says so unto our nation today. How long will you refuse to humble thyself before me? And as a nation, we need to humble ourselves before God. Our leaders need to humble themselves before God. And our nation, the people of our land, need to humble themselves before God. Because God will work what he is pleased, and he is the only one that can help us in the distress in which we find ourselves. The Lord tells Israel, after he delivered them so mightily from Egypt, he tells them in Deuteronomy 8, as Brother Moses preaches to that second generation, he says to, to them and to us there in Deuteronomy 8, 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And that's where we find ourselves that day in this distress. As a nation, will we obey our Lord? I know he spoke these words directly to Israel, and then the context they do apply to them. But sin is a reproach to any nation. But, but righteousness exalteth a nation. And how is there righteousness? By humbling before the Lord and to obey him. Uh, th this, this coronavirus situation, it, it's a trial. It's a test from the Lord upon our nation. And we need to humble ourselves before him. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, it goes on in the chapter in verse number 16, he says to the nation of Israel, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that, that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. Our Lord has fed us so well and provided for, for us so, so well in our nation. We need to humble ourselves before him. He has been so good to us, and may we humble ourselves uh, before him. So, uh, we see uh, humility is a great value before God and comes before honor. But we have understanding about humility and the humility manifested by our Lord Jesus Christ in the days when he walked upon this earth. We see the humility as the children of God that we need to have in serving our Lord and obeying him and, and putting ourselves last and putting others first. 
we see about false humility, and we need to beware of such. It, we are fraught with it uh, in this natural way of the flesh and the way of the world and religion. We need to have the humility that is uh, that God speaks about in His Word. We need to see we see that humility is to be the covering of a child of God's life, and that humility there is humility and repentance of the children of God before the Lord. We need to see that we need humility in our leadership, and we need to pray for such humility before God. And we need to see that there needs to be humility uh, as a nation. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 23, he speaks of humility in verses 8 through 12. But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself. And I think implied we can understand before God shall be exalted. So, and, and the humility before God is, of course, going to cause ourselves to be humble amongst our fellow man. And may the Lord help us that we be humble like Christ and that we understand this of humility, that it is not weakness, uh, that it's not uh, uh, without power, that humility is not uh, uh, just a, a damaged soul uh, being having been oppressed and is small and mousy it's not a cowering spirit but it's one that that has uh, the blessings of God and the equipping of God the talents given by God uh, preferring others before self seeking to fulfill the will of God and the calling of God into this lost and dying world to be as the Lord Jesus uh, to come to minister and to, to look to God for everything, uh, from thanksgiving and praise to need, a salvation, help, and growth, to look to Him for the answers that we need in obvious times that we just seem to understand everything that's going on, and in times when we don't understand at all what's going on, and we certainly need His help. I thank you for bearing along with me. I want to bring this to a conclusion. And I know it's been a long podcast. And I'm glad it's on, on a podcast so you can take it and you can listen to it in pieces and parts if need be. But we need to understand the conclusion, the connection, and application of this. And the Lord, as the Lord said, as we read there in our text verse in Matthew 18:4, Who serve therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And those that are greatest will be humble. Humble uh, before the Lord and amongst mankind. Having things, understanding from the Lord and right. Using and following the example, the humility of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this verse in Isaiah 57:15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. And so the Lord tells in, in another way who he is and how he is. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. See, the Lord says, as great and as powerful as he is, the one that his dwelling place is eternity, the one who is holy, the holiest of all. He is holiness. He dwells in the high and holy place and he does so with those that are contrite, the broken, and humble of spirit. And he does so, I love this, to revive, to give life to the spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite, the broken ones. Broken to self and sin and the world and, and the way of man, and, and brought to life in the things of the world and the salvation uh, that is brought by the Lord Jesus Christ humble in spirit, knowing our place before our Creator and looking to Him and praising Him and shining for Him and glorifying Him and worshiping Him. Uh, that, that is who our Lord 
lives with. He says, uh, I inhabit eternity with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. And I do so to revive them, uh, to revive the humble and the contrite. And then Brother James, in James chapter 4, reminds us something about humility. And he says this, and this is the temptation, this is the wrangle and the struggle that we have in this life, having the Spirit of God living within, but yet having this old flesh, all of it wrapped up here together. In James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even as uh, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust, or desire, and have not. Ye kill, and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask, and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity or hatred with God? Whoso therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And so, here it tells us about how this is within us. The, 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 uh, the Spirit of God is living within us, and, it, and it's in this old, it's here tied up with this old flesh that is our person, that is our body, the soul being saved, the Spirit having made us alive, God living, the Lord Jesus living within us. But this old flesh, it desires, it desires against the will and way of the Lord. And he said, and he said, it, 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 uh, it says that in the scripture, it's referred to uh, uh, in the scripture that we've got this wrestling inside of us and we need to know that. We need to know that and we need to fight against that which is wicked within us, which this old flesh and mortify it as the scripture says. The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth the envy the, 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 the old man and the new man's in there wrangling to, around together. The new man wants to be humble and is humble, but the old man is not. And we need to take that old man and put it down. And remember this, but he giveth more grace. He's gracious, so help us even with that. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. The pride of the old man God resisteth, but giveth grace unto the humble. And so he is gracious unto uh, the humble indeed. So may we be humble. The passage there referred to is in Proverbs 3.34 as we've read. It goes on to say in that passage in verse 7 in James 4.7, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. And so we see that and we, we kind of have the segue in that to our next subject of submission. Submit yourselves therefore to God. And that's the key. That, that's, what, that's, that's a key point for all of us, unsaved and saved, is to submit ourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness because of our sins. Humble yourselves uh, in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And so we need to be humble. We need to humble ourselves to his will. We need to submit ourselves to his way. We need to submit and humble ourselves to his leadership indeed. And then as we, we read and, and uh, saw there in First Peter chapter 5, Likewise, ye younger, First Peter 5, 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. We see that told there again. Verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. That, now, that's a good picture. His hand is great. His hand is mighty. We need to humble ourselves unto that, that he may exalt you in due, due time. And then I love this, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
And as the Lord's children, that's what we need to do. As this nation, that's what we need to do. Our Lord has been merciful and gracious to our nation. And we need to cast our care upon him rather than seeking our own device. And as his children, we need to lead the way in this example to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God because of what he's done for us, because of who he is, because of his promises, because of the, the order that there is. He is God, and beside him is, there none, is none other. And he has created us and blessed us. May we cast all our care upon him in humility, knowing that he cares for us. If you're, if you're listening and you're not saved, we point to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Savior of sinners. He's the Savior that you need. We point you to him. Repent of your sins, as the Lord says, and believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection for the salvation of, of your soul. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll close. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. And we pray, Father, that you'd help us with it, that we might be found uh, following in the humility of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, Lord, that we would see that that is what you honor and that you would help us, Lord, to be humble like Christ, to understand these things and to prefer others before ourselves, to seek and work and work in the ministry that you've given us and called us into. And Lord, that as a nation, that we would be humble before you. As, our, as a people, we would be humble before you. And Lord, in, in this distress that we find ourselves in at this time, that we would seek your face for help and an answer and for healing. Father, that we would know as a nation that our leadership would be humble before you and would know and cause that you cause them to know, Father, that you are the only one that can help us indeed. We pray, Father, that you would help and bless and bless your word to our hearts and fill us with your word and spirit, we pray. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, thank you for listening, and I look forward to the next time we can look into our Lord's word together on the Wonderful Words of Life podcast.